Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Mandy and Judy, and we are today wrapping up David, and then we're getting into a few Psalms. Uh, so as we were reading over this thing, we, we basically just get a tiny little snippet of the end of David's life. Um, and then we get into these Psalms and there's a couple things sticking out to us about David and there's a couple things sticking out to us about Psalms. So I'm excited to have this conversation. Um, as we talk about David's, you know, wrapping up his life, what stuck out to you guys as we went through that little piece? Okay. So, um, two things that stuck out to me. One, he's still giving directives to Solomon to just kill people. Like, I mean, just like really low key. He's like, hey, do what you want, but don't let that guy die in peace because he was a real mess. So that's the hilarious thing. It's actually like not low-key at all. First Kings 2, <laughs> verse 6. Direct. Do with him what you think is best, but don't let him grow old and go to his grave in peace. Yeah. So it's actually like, that's what you're saying is not true, David. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not do what you want with him. It's like actually do what I'm saying. And the second thing is um, after he's dead, it says that he enjoyed long life, wealth, and honor. And and he died at a ripe old age. And we say that we say that about people who just live this lovely life, but we're gonna get into some psalms here that are just like he literally names that he's grieving and and his sheets are soaked with his tears at night. So when I read this, I was like, why does it say that? And Ryan, you had some <laughs> you had a good So when thing. when we read uh Samuel Chronicles and Kings especially, uh it is God's word. Um, it is it is true. We can use it. It is useful. It is also their history books. So this this is the way that they're keeping track of who was king, what happened in their time, um, and what their reign was like, and all those kinds of things. So while it is God's word, right? It's also written by these people that are keeping a, a history of their culture. Uh, and so I think what tends to be true of history books in our culture can also be true of history books in their culture. We get a little bit of a rosier picture sometimes uh, because we're trying to keep, you know, respect for our people. So it doesn't really take away from the narrative because we actually get, and uh, Lindsay Lotzball has pointed this out many times, we actually get like some pretty open, honest perspectives of people in power in these stories. So if you compare it to other history books that exist, I mean, if you compare it to your third grade history book, like we get into the in-depth details of people's lives, the deep, dark secrets, they're recorded in here. Um, But you also get little lines like, and he lived a wonderful life and had a wonderful reign and he was great. Well, and that's only in the First Chronicles um, excerpt. It's not in First Kings. Yeah. It doesn't say it like that. Mm -hmm. So I find that interesting too. But Judy had something to say about rose-colored glasses looking back. Well, yeah, I think, uh, you know, all all of my kids are grown, and um, looking back at raising them, I think about, that was wonder. <clears throat> excuse me, that was wonderful. We had a great time. Like, everything seems almost perfect. And yet, if I really dig into it, I could tell you some stories that I'm not going to tell you. And I'm sure they but, could say some stories too, right? Oh, absolutely. Like experiences and that kind of thing. But from the 100 foot view, it, life is good. It yeah. was good. Mm. Yeah, that's great. It's probably just our, I think we do that. I think actually science says like our brains end up doing that over time. We forget mm. the negative aspects of relationships or seasons. 
This is why women have multiple babies because we forget how painful it was. We're like, oh my gosh, that was so magical. Remember that? And everybody around is like, no, it wasn't. It seemed like it really hurt. <laughs> You're like, nah. And like our brains actually forget that stuff and we just remember the really lovely things. So I guess that's what's happening here. Um, but then we have all these Psalms that we get to read here. Why are they here in this part? If we're reading this chronologically, are, are the Psalms thrown in here because they were written at the end of his life or are they thrown in here because they don't know where else to put them? It feels to me like there, there may be some that are later Psalms, but we're also about to read like several Psalms over the next couple of days. Okay. Um, so it's also like a little bit of a catch spot Okay. where it's like, okay, we're going to read a lot of Psalms now. And you know, most of these Psalms are written by David. Yeah. So I think the ones that we're, we're not sure where they fit, I think it makes a lot of sense to spend some time in them. Actually, as a matter of fact, we're going to be in Psalms for a bit. Yeah. Um, because there is quite a few written Psalms. So I'm actually kind of excited about that, moving into a little bit of a different kind of literature. Um, as we look over the Psalms that we looked over today, um, what specifically jumped out to you guys as we were reading over them? You know, I was thinking in, in Psalm 4, verse 4, um, I love this. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. And I just I just had an experience where someone sent me a text message and my first gut reaction was um, negative and I was thinking about texting them back or calling them and I just felt to sit on it. And the next day, I had a whole different perspective, and I could actually smile at the text. And I think another thing that this reminded me of is one of my favorite quotes I don't think Ryan likes, but it's by Elizabeth Elliot. And she said, um, never pass up an opportunity to keep your mouth shut. And so sometimes when I'm in tough situations, and I can think about it overnight, it helps me. It helps me get a clearer perspective. For sure. I agree with the overnight getting a better perspective. I don't know how I feel about the quote about keeping your mouth shut. Is it weird that the people that are on a podcast often are not sure how to feel about a quote about keeping your mouth shut? Is there a, cor- is there a correlation there? There might be a correlation. There might be. Probably. Um. I also, when we were reading over it, circled that passage, don't sin by letting your anger control you. Um, that is a, a lesson that I've, I I feel like I've learned and continue to learn. Um, there's a passage in James that I love a lot. James one twenty says, uh, the wrath of man cannot produce the righteousness of God. Um, and that's something I think about a lot specifically. So like I'm a student pastor, I spend a lot of time with teenagers and teenagers have a tendency to do things that adults think are very stupid and very short-sighted. And a lot of times, actually, the way that adults want to influence teenagers specifically is through anger. And, you know, like, like if I get super angry or if I get really vocal or if I get really animated, they'll finally understand how angry I am. And actually, I feel like personally, scripture is pretty clear that your anger cannot produce God's righteousness. Because a lot of times, as specifically as youth leaders, we're like, man, we got to tell those kids how to get back on track. I'm really mad. They need to see how mad I am because then they'll love Jesus. And it's like, that's actually crazy. That's actually a crazy way to conduct your life. I'm really tired of this podcast and it convicting me every single time I'm on here because I gave a really good dissertation last night at bedtime 
um, and I have a teenager and all of a sudden when it was time for everybody to go to bed, nobody said a word, but everybody was hungry all of a sudden. And I just so that doesn't go away, huh? <laughs> no, no. And and we do Sabbath Sundays, so I don't cook usually on Sundays. Like everybody just needs to eat whatever they want at at night. But apparently, this was a news flash last night. So at nine o'clock, everybody wanted food, and I just I literally was like so irritated, right? I'm like, you know. Anyway, and so you're saying like, yeah, that doesn't actually help. Yeah. Dang, I'm gonna have to circle back tonight. It's fine. This is what I do. I circle back, and then we do a lot of I'm sorry's and a lot of we'll forgive you, maybe, mom. <laughs> I actually think like a lot of a lot of folks who have a problem with Christianity or a lot of folks that have a problem with ministry specifically, a lot of them seem to have an experience where somebody thought they could get really angry about something and it would produce fruit. And it it almost never does. I, it's so just good. not wise. Yeah. This is really good. Ryan actually told me a little bit ago before we were recording that um I actually get less angry now than I used to. He said I've really seen you grown grow. <laughs> So I feel really confident and encouraged that I can keep growing in this. Thank you. Um, on, the, on the flip side of that, my uh, my premarital counseling that I had with with Jenny, um, I remember saying, like, the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. So when I'm upset, I go and find Jenny and tell her, we're going to fix this right now. And my my Uh-oh. premarital counselor was like, yeah, you should actually stop doing that right now. That's, that's really not smart. I was like, but it's in the Bible. <laughs> and he was a pastor. He was oh. like, yeah, it's still not smart. Oh, man. Well, we did bring that up actually when we read the psalm. It was like, oh, wait. So this says, think about it overnight and remain silent. And the other one says, don't let the sun go down. Yeah. And I think that's always the tension of walking with the Holy Spirit is asking, is this a time to be silent or is this a time to address something? And I think tuning into that is the wisest thing we can do. Yeah. Sleep is also the wisest thing we can do. Sleep actually makes a lot of things better. <sighs> All you, right. you had another psalm that stuck yeah, out to you, right? Yeah, I do. Psalm 9, verse 10. Sorry, I'm just, you know, really, <laughs> man, these psalms, they're getting me in my feelings. Um, psalm 9, verse 10. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. I have that written on my bathroom mirror, and I read it every day, and I love it because um, those who know God's name trust in him. And I think sometimes for people who have had bad experiences with um, humans and trust has been broken many times, I think it could be really hard to trust God. You know, like we're often just instructed, just trust God, just trust God. And it's like, it doesn't come naturally to some of us who have actually been through some traumatic things. But I think the key here is when we know his name, when we've spent time with him, when we have gotten to know him, it is a process. And my trust in God keeps growing the more I get to know his name. And so as I as I know who God is, I know his character, I trust in that, I can also trust that he will not abandon me. So um, I find this verse very powerful um, in this psalm. But this whole psalm, um, I also love the parts where it talks about God is a shelter for the oppressed. He's a refuge for people in, in times of trouble. Like you keep seeing this. We, we, we talked about this yesterday with Beth, Bathsheba showing up kind of as like this hero of the story at the end of David's life, how God kind of redeems these situations and pulls people who should have been marginalized and outcast, like brings them into the story. And in these Psalms, I see over and over again, God always points out that he's like, he is always for the marginalized the oppressed, the outcasts, the people that everybody else kind of like, eh, they're not, they're not going to have any value or something like that. God's always for them and he's a safe place for them. You know, I, excuse me, I think that connects to Psalm eight. When you look at verse three, 
three and four, when I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. Oh my gosh. Like I'm on God's heart. Like he cares about me. What then? And going back to David, thinking about all of David did some dumb stuff. But God still cared about him. And God still, guess what? Cares about us. He's always for us. I had a conversation with a friend a month ago, a month or so ago. And he, after the conversation, he said, I want to send you a book. Um, It's called, it's on humility. And you know, when somebody suggests a book on humility that they want to send to you, you're just like, all right, okay, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Um, But the whole point of it was like writing like finding the right place for you, like actually right sizing your viewpoint. So in this, it's like right sizing us, right? It's like, hey, there's an entire universe, all these things. And God actually cares about you. And it if we can get ourselves right sized and we can actually see that like we're not God in this story, we're not the actual hero of this story, we're not the central focus of the story. Um, something beautiful can really happen when we're very aware of our humanity. Like as we keep reading about David, I keep being very aware of my humanity does something to my pride. Um, it, it definitely humbles me. And, um, my friend was definitely right in sending me a book about humility. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, we're going to continue this journey uh, through several Psalms over the next couple of days. So I am excited to see what rises to the top for all the different folks that are on the podcast over the next couple of days. Uh, and we'll get continue to see with you what's, what's rising to the top for you. So uh, thank you so much for listening to God's Whole Story. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. 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 First Kings 2. As the time of King David's death approached, he gave this charge to his son Solomon. I am going where everyone on earth must someday go. Take courage and be a man. Observe the requirements of the Lord your God and follow all his ways. Keep the decrees, commands, regulations, and laws written in the law of Moses so that you will be successful in all you do and wherever you go. If you do this, then the Lord will keep the promise he made to me. He told me, if your descendants live as they should and follow me faithfully with all their heart and soul, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel." And there is something else. You know what Joab, son of Zariah, did to me when he murdered my two army commanders, Abner, son of Nair, and Amasa, son of Jether. He pretended that it was an act of war, but it was done in a time of peace, staining his belt and sandals with innocent blood. Do with him what you think best, but don't let him grow old and go to his grave in peace. Be kind to the sons of Barzillai of Gilead. Make them permanent guests at your table, for they took care of me when I fled from your brother Absalom. And remember Shimei, son of Gera, the man from Baharim in Benjamin. He cursed me with a terrible curse as I was fleeing to Mahanaim. When he came down to meet me at the Jordan River, I swore by the Lord that I would not kill him. But that oath does not make him innocent. You are a wise man, and you will know how to arrange a bloody death for him. These are the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, speaks. David, the man who was raised up so high. David, the man anointed by the God of Jacob. David, the sweet psalmist of Israel. The spirit of the Lord speaks through me. His words are upon my tongue. The God of Israel spoke. The rock of Israel said to me, the one who rules righteously, who rules in the fear of God, is like the light of morning at sunrise, like a morning without clouds, like the gleaming of the sun on new grass after rain. 
Is it not my family God has chosen? Yes, he has made an everlasting covenant with me. His agreement is arranged and guaranteed in every detail. He will ensure my safety and success. But the godless are like thorns to be thrown away, for they tear the hand that touches them. One must use iron tools to chop them down. They will be totally consumed by fire. Then David died and was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. David had reigned over Israel for 40 years, seven of them in Hebron and 33 in Jerusalem. Solomon became king and sat on the throne of David, his father, and his kingdom was firmly established. So David, son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel. He reigned over Israel for 40 years, seven of them in Hebron and 33 in Jerusalem. He died at a ripe old age, having enjoyed long life, wealth, and honor. Then his son Solomon ruled in his place. All the events of King David's reign from beginning to end are written in the record of Samuel the seer, the record of Nathan the prophet, and the record of Gad the seer. These accounts include the mighty deeds of his reign and everything that happened to him and to Israel and to all the surrounding kingdoms. Psalm 4, for the choir director, a psalm of David to be accompanied by string instruments. Answer me when I call to you, O God, who declares me innocent. Free me from my troubles. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long will you people ruin my reputation? How long will you make groundless accusations? How long will you continue your lies? You can be sure of this. The Lord set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will answer when I call to him. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Offer sacrifices in the right spirit and trust the Lord. Many people say, who will show us better times? Let your face smile on us, Lord. You have given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvests of grain and new wine. In peace, I will lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. Psalm 5. O Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God, for I pray to no one but you. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my requests to you and wait expectantly. O God, you take no pleasure in wickedness. You cannot tolerate the sins of the wicked. Therefore, the proud may not stand in your presence, for you hate all who do evil. You will destroy those who tell lies. The Lord detests murderers and deceivers. Because of your unfailing love, I can enter your house. I will worship at your temple with deepest awe. Lead me in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me. Make your way plain for me to follow. My enemies cannot speak a truthful word. Their deepest desire is to destroy others. Their talk is foul like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with flattery. O God, declare them guilty. Let them be caught in their own traps. Drive them away because of their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them, that all who love your name may be filled with joy. For you bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with your shield of love. Psalm 6. O Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Have compassion on me, Lord, for I am weak. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. I am sick at heart. How long, O Lord, until you restore me? Return, O Lord, and rescue me. Save me because of your unfailing love. For the dead do not remember you. Who can praise you from the grave? I am worn out from sobbing. All night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. My vision is blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of all my enemies. Go away, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord will answer my prayer. May all my enemies be disgraced and terrified. May they suddenly turn back in shame. Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, our majestic, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place— 
What are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? Yet you made them only a little lower than God, and you crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims the ocean currents. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Psalm 9. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. My enemies retreated. They staggered and died when you appeared. For you have judged in my favor. From your throne, you have judged with fairness. You have rebuked the nations and destroyed the wicked. You have erased their names forever. The enemy is finished in endless ruins. The cities you uprooted are now forgotten. But the Lord reigns forever, executing judgment from his throne. He will judge the world with justice and rule the nations with fairness. The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. Sing praises to the Lord who reigns in Jerusalem. Tell the world about his unforgettable deeds. For he who avenges murder cares for the helpless. He does not ignore the cries of those who suffer. Lord, have mercy on me. See how my enemies torment me. Snatch me back from the jaws of death. Save me so I can praise you publicly at Jerusalem's gates, so I can rejoice that you have rescued me. The nations have fallen into the pit they dug for others. Their own feet have been caught in the trap they set. The Lord is known for his justice. The wicked are trapped by their own deeds. The wicked will go down to the grave. This is the fate of all the nations who ignore God. But the needy will not be ignored forever. The hopes of the poor will not always be crushed. Arise, O Lord. Do not let mere mortals defy you. Judge the nations. Make them tremble in fear, O Lord. Let the nations know they are merely human. Psalm 11. I trust in the Lord for protection. So why do you say to me, fly like a bird to the mountains for safety? The wicked are stringing their bows and fitting their arrows on the bowstrings. They shoot from the shadows at those whose hearts are right. The foundations of law and order have collapsed. What can the righteous do? But the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord still rules from heaven. He watches everyone closely, examining every person on earth. The Lord examines both the righteous and the wicked. He hates those who love violence. He will rain down blazing coals and burning sulfur on the wicked, punishing them with scorching winds. For the righteous Lord loves justice. The virtuous will see his face. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.